Professor Alan Verbecker was the guest speaker at the CBAM Distinguished Lecture 2009. His new book, International Business Strategy, challenges many major pieces of advice most commonly offered by top business school gurus. Verbecker is a professor of international business strategy and holds the McCaig Research Chair in Management at the Haskane School of Business, University of Calgary. Gurus, he thinks, underestimate the complexity of the markets. My new book is actually about rethinking the foundations of global corporate success. A major problem in the um, uh, literature, both the academic literature and the so-called guru literature, is that people are proposing uh, solutions whereby one size fits all. And the reality is that most of these solutions, these so-called solutions, actually require a lot of qualification. Uh, international business is a very complex uh, business, and so the key word in international business is adaptation. And the book is really about um, reflecting on uh, the extent and the ways in which you can adapt to international environments if you're uh, engaged in international expansion. And so could you just say your, your seven principles, if we don't do, deal with them all, but you talked about core competencies, uh, home and country advantages, uh, the success of a big globalised companies, uh, how to manage affiliates, it goes on and on. But could business theory practitioners have got it so wrong for so long? Yes, that is a very good uh, question. I think that um, very often there is some uh, unhappiness at the margin with existing um, structures, existing way of organizing. And of course, we have seen the past 30 years enormous critique of the so-called multidivisional form of organization. And so many of the gurus basically attack the multidivisional form. They're basically saying that multinational firms are too structured, that these structures don't uh, work work properly, that there should be much more focus on these so-called core competences, which are really uh, kind of knowledge-based uh, strengths that the firm has. But the reality is, when you look at the Fortune Global 500 companies, almost um, each of these companies actually has a multidivisional structure. And, and that is important because ultimately what management is about, in my view, is what I call managing the innovation process in its entirety, which really means that that you uh, look at the conception of an idea and you look at the entire process until the actual sale of the product or the delivery of the service uh, to a customer. And that requires structure. And it requires, uh, very often, a multidivisional structure when a firm operates in multiple markets and sells uh, multiple uh, products, especially if these products are in different industries. And, and, and that is, I guess, the main uh, criticism against uh, uh, guruism is that um, gurus uh, underestimate the complexity of that process of, of, of the, uh, bringing the innovation uh, to market. Professor Verbecker's theories are colliding with the traditional view of a globalised marketplace where all businesses can trade and compete. Stop and think again, says the professor. The gurus have got this wrong. 
globalization is selective. Well, it's interesting that you say that we live in a globalized um, uh, market. As Professor Buckley said, uh, globalization has arrived, but it's very unevenly distributed, uh, which means a number of things. I mean, first, of course, we know that there is no globalization of the labor market. Um, there is perhaps a globalization of uh, markets for some inputs, uh, some commodities. Uh, but what is, I think, interesting also to observe is that there is really no globalization of the customer. Uh, you look at the actual data, the sales data, the asset data of the world's largest multinational firms. Most of these firms are not global at all. They have been extremely selective in terms of where they actually put their assets and where they actually have their sales. And so this idea of, of globalization, this idea of the flat world is really a very wrong perception. Although that is a, a perception that is being kind of propagated, uh, that is being sold by gurus. Professor Peter Buckley happens to agree with the themes of Alain's Fabeca's new book on guru thinking. He's Professor of International Business and Director of the Centre for International Business, University of Leeds. I think the, the reason that people agreed uh, in broad terms is that what Alain is trying to do is present an application of theory, application of theoretical principles to multinational firms, global factories, whatever we call them. And what he's trying to suggest is that, that, that managers should not accept predefined recipes. They should think for themselves. They should look for the ingredients themselves. And also they should gear that answer and that application of theory to their particular circumstances. And I think one of the great strengths of the book is this application of theory to practice, as exemplified by the case studies which are in the book, which are an attempt to show the practical application of theories, because I believe, along with a lot of other people, that there's nothing so practical as a good theory. But there are individual issues on which Professor Buckley doesn't agree with Professor Verbecker's new guru thinking. Take, for instance, value chains and how you interpret the case study material. I think if we look at some of the uh, exact uh, application, I think we would have differences in interpretation and nuances between us. I think possibly one of the areas that, 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 that I alluded to is the, uh, is the value chain and how you manage the value chain. And I think one of the things that makes it very, very difficult to, to, to produce answers is, the, is all the dynamic issues in there because things are changing, best locations are changing, best means of doing business are changing, this balance that he talked about between global and local is changing. So what we have to remember the applications of the theoretical principles. I think on that we are in complete agreement. When we get, get down to some of the more fine-grained detail, I'm sure we would have differences in interpretation because uh, theories can guide you in certain directions. But at the end of the day, what is really crucial for managers is not just the application of the theories, but the judgmental part of that. How you make judgments, how you make trade-offs. This is what entrepreneurship is about, trying to work out in your circumstances at this point of time what is the best way forward. And I'm sure if we were both to go through and analyse one of Alain's cases, if we were applying exactly the same principles, I can see circumstances where we would have 
propose different solutions. And I think when you look at modern multinational enterprises, this is a process that goes on. There is trial and error. There are people trying out different things. There is a political process of looking at this within firms, and I think we will both acknowledge that. On the vexed issue of how far we live in a globalised marketplace, Professor Buckley agrees with Professor Verbecker. While some sectors such as finance may be globalised, many goods and services and labour markets are not. You have to be very careful when you use terms like globalisation. I would argue that, that, that if we look at it at the, in, in terms of different types of market, then the capital market is very largely globalised. How else would subprime default in southern US bring down a bank in the northeast of England? So we have very strong global tendencies in the capital market. It's less true in the market for goods and services, which are very largely regional, and we can argue about whether they're becoming more regional and the regions are breaking down, and it's even less true when we look at labour markets, because labour markets are very nationally segmented. So, so I think you have to be very... Uh, 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 you can't use blanket terms, really. Professor Verbecker goes along with Professor Buckley's assessment that there is more work to be done on his analysis in the future. Peter makes especially a very good point, um, you know, with respect to his global factory, that that really is focused on what do we do in the firm, inside the firm on the one hand, and then what is being outsourced and or offshore on the other hand. And it is absolutely true that, um, with respect to that last point, that uh, the book has not provided an in-depth analysis. I mean, there are a number of reasons for that. And the, the main reason is that for the moment, of course, there is still this um, offshoring out outsourcing wave going on, uh, and we are not really sure as to how far that uh, will go. So I have not really uh, uh, written a chapter on that specific topic. Uh, hopefully, if the book has a, a second uh, edition, uh, then uh, that uh, is something that I would really like to deal with in much greater depth, and I probably would deal, it would probably base the analysis uh, to a large extent on Peter's thinking, because I think that his idea about the global factory and this idea of control of, of certain core activities activities and, and being very selective in terms of what you define as a core activity versus then all these other activities that are non-core and which should then precisely outsource and or offshore uh, to other actors. I think that that is indeed uh, very important and that is probably the basis of much strategic reflection that goes on uh, nowadays in, um, in uh, large multinational firms. Professor Alan Rugman is another fan of Professor Verbecker's guru thinking. He's Professor of International Business, Henley Business School, University of Reading. Well, I think uh, Alan Rebecca's book is really uh, a work of genius. It's a, uh, I, I sum up the book by saying he's developed um, an analytical framework uh, to understand business. Now, it so happens that he analyzes multinational business, multinational enterprises, but the uh, outcome of that book is so important because it actually re it causes us to rethink uh, basic strategic management. Let me just put it another way very quickly. The main theories of strategic management were developed mainly in the United States. The United States is a wonderful country. It's a very large country. What it means is 
those theories of strategic management don't work anywhere else in the world because every other country is smaller. So firms in smaller countries need to adapt that thinking. And what Alan has managed to do in the book is to show that uh, business people in smaller economies, including in the UK in this, uh, have to uh, access larger markets. So, so today in the UK, depends how we do business with the rest of, the rest of Europe. Uh, and yet so much of the media and so much of our um, colleagues in academic life talk about there being a global business. I mean, there's no such thing as global business strategy. Strategy is always very firm-specific, and firms develop in their home countries. The financial crisis has made looking at firm theory even more relevant than ever, says Professor Rugman. And he agrees that globalised markets are not uniform. Today, after the international financial crisis, uh, we have to fundamentally rethink how business strategy is conceived and undertaken. So what Alan has done is to say that business strategy uh, from day one has to take account of international factors. And those international factors uh, have to be analyzed in relationship to those uh, operating in your home country. So very simply, there's a, a dyad. You have to look at your home country factors and then the factors where you're doing business abroad. And then he subdivides these into the, the country-level factors, the extent to which the political environment's important, culture is important, uh, the degree of regulation, and so on. And then you have to analyze the same factors in another country or another region of the world. Now, actually, that's very difficult. I mean, getting information, getting good intelligence about where to do business has a cost. Most firms are not global. That is a myth. So why is regionalism and localism still so important? Professor Rugman. I got at this by looking at the data the firms provide themselves. Each company in the Fortune Global 500, these are the world's 500 largest firms, they all have sales over about $15 billion, have to report uh, on their performance in their annual reports in order to uh, issue stock and so on. So there has to be disclosure. Starting about 10 years ago, these firms were required to report the broad geographic region of their sales and assets, so how much they sell in Europe and North America and Asia Pacific and so on. I've studied those 500 firms over the last 10 years, and they average 77% of their sales in their home region, which means they're not global firms, but they're really regional firms. All of these firms have a lot of international sales and assets, but they're mainly in their neighboring countries. This means that geography matters. So in strategic management, we've often had a lot of simplistic theory that you could follow a global strategy, take your brand globally, have a standardization, you know, get scale globally. The firms aren't doing that. The firms are telling us there's tremendous costs in getting outside of your home region to another one. So are you saying that in terms of what Professor Alain Verbecki has written, that you're not surprised by the fact he's shooting down, if you like, through these seven theories, what the business gurus are saying? That's exactly right. I think that Alan Verbecki's 
uh, framework is brilliant because it shows that um, if you have a, a simple global strategy, it's doomed to failure. Uh, I found that only nine of the world's 500 largest firms actually operate globally by having a significant market presence in each region of the triad, defined as 20% of sales. Only nine firms are doing that. Instead, most of the firms uh, have close to 80% of their sales in the home region. Even the world's biggest firm, Walmart, it has about 20% international sales. Most of those are in Canada and Mexico. It has a trivial amount of sales in Asia and Europe, which tells us that the business model of Walmart is a North American one. You need a lot of land, you need a big parking lot, you need some IT so that the uh, key suppliers like Procter & Gamble can bring their stuff in. It doesn't work in Germany, it doesn't even work very well here in the UK uh, because of the land costs. Uh, it's a very simple point, but firms are very location-bound, very difficult for them to jump into another region. Mr Jack Keenan is not a theorist, but a business practitioner. He's CEO of Grand Crew Consulting Limited and CBAM patron. Jack Keenan's been chairman and CEO Kraft Foods International and CEO of the business which is now Diageo PLC. As a practitioner, he welcomes the new theories. Well, I must tell you, uh, I, I was not familiar with Professor Rebecca, and um, I, I read his book to prepare for this, uh, for this evening at, at CBAM at the Judge. I must say, I was absolutely smitten by his theories. I think he is so right to reject just overall business guru ideas about how to do business. And he, instead, he's given us a little building block, a little kit of ideas on what these international businesses are all about. I love the flexibility. I was completely taken by it. And um, I could see now that so many of the things I've done in business without knowing it, are based on Professor Verbecka's ideas. Do you think perhaps his theory is timely in the sense that, that we're all believing that we're in this global business environment, but, but in fact our relationships are still very local and, and that there's a paradox in thinking locally and acting globally? Well, I think what he's done, which is so brilliant, is, is he said, if you want to, if you want to be global... You must not make the mistake of trying to put everybody into a single paradigm. You have to have some building blocks you can apply locally. I, I, I think he's in the mode of saying, yes, build a global business, but you must build it piece by piece with every piece of the puzzle being uniquely different, perhaps. These new building blocks are a seminal work, says Jack Keenan, as are the theories of bonded reliability. I've hired the gurus of the past, the Ted Levis, the Michael Porters. I've hired them, and I found them wanting when I've tried to then expand around the globe. That's why I'm so absolutely 
interested in Professor Verbecka's little building blocks where I can say, okay, for this country I do it this way, for another country I do it another way. I mean, he has examples, for example, of his bounded responsibility or reliability. I mean, the fact is, when you're, some of your business units get out of control, you, that's a major issue in total global business. Common sense and flexibility have always been words Jack Keenan has had in mind when he develops his business portfolios. What's clear is that so many businesses have gone onto the shoals. They have, they have run up on the Silenschriptus. They have crashed in trying to take their businesses globally. They've had a problem. Uh, now, why? Because they have tried to follow rigid models as they expanded. I, I think Professor Rebecca is here, and with others that were at our seminar tonight, who agree that what you need is a little common sense and a little flexibility. Don't provide, you know, here's, here's guru number one's idea of, of how you make everything the same around the world. We know that fails. The results are here of those failures. Professor Rebecca and others here tonight are saying, let's be sensible, let's be flexible. You know, we can do this better. And, and Professor Rebecca has provided a model with his little pieces that he put together that is fabulous. And would you have followed that model in terms of your acquisitions and mergers if it had been around when you were deciding to build these global... It was always around in my head. Dr. Christos Patelis had the timely idea of inviting Professor Alain Verbecker to tell us why we've all been led up the wrong track for so long. Dr. Christos Patelis is director of the Centre for International Business and Management and reader in international business and competitiveness at Judge Business School. He organised and chaired the event. Alain is a, a major contributor in the area. Uh, he has been very instrumental in demolishing some of the uh, popular ideas, uh, both at the conceptual level but also at the guru level. Many of these ideas are based on very narrow conceptual foundations. They are focusing on a particular part of the story and they can forget or they cannot take into account many other parts. Alain has built a conceptual framework which is building on existing ideas but also developing them by using the concept of bounded reliability that combines the concept of bounded rationality and the concept of trust. And in so doing, he has developed a framework that allows him to analyze existing theories by major academics and also by management gurus and criticize them and come up with their alternative ideas. Do you think his theories are timely in the sense that when we think the world's globalizing, he says, wait a minute, stop, think, that actually the most important thing is your local attachments, commitments, markets, perhaps globalization isn't as important as we thought it was. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, what he says, and other people also do, is that there is a tendency to globalization, but what we are actually living in is a semi-globalized, 
or a quasi-globalized, knowledge-based economy, where there is a tendency towards globalization, but we are not really quite there, and therefore national borders do matter, countries do matter. Actually, in very many cases, firms, multinational firms, could not do well unless they had the support, sometimes uh, implicit support or unintentional support of countries. If I give you, for example, a, a, an example of this is, for example, Coca-Cola, uh, when they invest in China, the biggest ally is the Chinese government. They do not often realize this themselves, but the reason for this is that the push of the Chinese government towards urbanization is the biggest, the biggest help towards a company like this, which actually needs urbanized people, people in the cities, who consume their products. So there is an interaction between the public sector and the private sector which is often not understood. Dr Patelis says Jack Keenan is right. Mergers and acquisitions, if done properly, on a global scale, do work. There is an argument about mergers and acquisition being a failure, often because people are focusing on the post-merger profitability of firms involved in mergers. Unfortunately, that involves a counterfactual. That is the assumption that firms had a choice to merge or not to merge, and that because of the merger, things did not, know, did not go quite well. Of course, there is an element of truth in this, because mergers involve the marrying of two cultures, and this is very often a very difficult thing. But what Jack was saying, is if you know your business well, and if you do your homework well, and if you select your target well, and if you also select well whether you are going for an acquisition or a merger, in his case it was a merger between his company and uh, the company with, whom, with which uh, they, they merged, then you can actually get great economies of scale in his particular case, it was distribution-related economies of scale that allowed them to sell the same products for a lower price and therefore do extremely well. So the argument is that, of course, if you do a, a very lousy or a not a very careful job, a merger may fail. But if you know your business and you do a good job, mergers can be great. And the argument by Professor Verbecke is that there are companies like Semex who are doing a very good business on this front. Getting together three eminent leading professors in international business thinking and a leading practitioner at a critical juncture in the history of globalization and international business thinking is seminal. Dr. Patelis. Well, I do believe it was a very, very good uh, event tonight and a very, very good idea because it is extremely rare to have an academic developing some ideas and to have major academics whose ideas are being challenged and at the same time a business guru, a business leader that was using some of the guru's ideas all actually agreeing that what Professor Verbeke's, Verbeke's framework does is a very, very good job. This is quite rare. Let's leave the last word to Professor Verbeke and that new guru thinking in international business strategy. He's already thinking of his follow-up book two. Well, I'm not sure if it sells well hopefully in two years or so. 
But um, what certainly I would then like to emphasize in that book, apart from what we just mentioned with respect to outsourcing and offshoring, is uh, precisely uh, paying much more attention to two things. First, trying to make the point that if you want to have a theory of the firm, it in fact should start from the multinational firm. So the multinational firm is really the firm that provides the general case. The domestic firm is in fact only a specific case of doing business, um, which is something that um, Peter Buckley has set uh, for a very long time uh, together with his colleague uh, Mark Casson. And then the last point, uh, second point, is this idea of bounded reliability. So the idea that in fact um, behavioral assumptions are important, but that it's completely wrong to um, adopt one of the two um, conventional concepts that we find in much of the literature, namely opportunism, so the idea that people are inherently not trustworthy versus the opposites, this idea that you can actually make uh, people trustworthy in organizations, uh, that is, I think, completely wrong. The reality is that most people who work in complex organizations, such as multinational firms, are reliable, but only boundedly so. And so the main challenge in organizations is actually to make people more reliable uh, so as to create economic value. The exchange of ideas between leading academics, practitioners and policymakers is at the very heart of CBAM's ethos and activities.